And when we pray, especially on the mission field, if you don't know if prayer really works, go somewhere where all bets are off, where it can be very scary at times, uh, when you don't know what's going to happen next, and then you just feel the presence of God and the peace of God, then you know that it's real. And thank you for praying for us. I know many, many prayed, many, many gave. Um, and uh, this is just a portion of the people that were there. We had a team of 12 that were there. And uh, actually, Jim and Alyssa D'Angelo were going to share this morning. But Jim spent last night in the ER after tearing his cornea in a freak golf accident. He could tell you more about it because it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, so Jim and Alyssa aren't here to share uh, this morning. But pray for Jim. And uh, he'll be able to see. It just takes time to heal and stuff. But I told Jim, he'd make a great pirate, just that patch and stuff. So, so if it didn't, he'd look great anyway. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. He's going to be totally healed, totally fine. And so Jim, if you're watching, we miss you and we're praying for you. Um, but uh, I'm just going to have uh, Luke uh, kick us off here, share a little bit of the trip. The Lord's going to come up and then Jennifer. And uh, they, they'll represent 12 people that went to the mission field. When I was 16 years old, I took my very first missionary trip with my dad. And so to have Luke go with me when he was 16, uh, there was something uh, just monumental about that in, in kind of a full circle sort of way, how God just takes it to the next generation. And, and uh, so Luke, tell us about the trip. And uh, again, I'm, thanks for everybody that gave for Luke to go. I really appreciate uh, you standing with our family because there would be no way he could go otherwise. So thank you very much. Luke, share. All right. I... So I, I was very honored to go on my first mission trip with such a great group of people. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better team and a better host. And it was just a great, just great team, and it was just awesome. And I was really excited to, when I heard that we were going to go to Russia because that was my first mission trip, and it's, it was overseas, first time overseas. And another reason why I was very excited was because we were going to be working with the kids there. And working with kids have always been a passion of mine. I love working with the kids here, working in the nursery or kids' church or wherever. So when I heard that we were going to do it over there, I got really excited. So um, when we flew into Moscow, we didn't work with any kids there, but we uh, took a train out to Yuroslav, and in that town there's a a rehab farm for people, families, the parents that um, were on drugs, and they can restart their life, and their families can stay there, and they get to hear the word, and we were able to worship with them, we were able to hear their testimony, and we were able to see what they're doing there, and I haven't seen so many potatoes in my life, and so many food, so many animals, it was so cool, and just, God takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things, and it was just so cool to see that, but what impacted me the most is when we went to Katherineburg, and we got to stay at a shelter home for two nights, that's where the kids are, are stay at, and we were able to work with the kids. I worked mostly with the teenagers, and we were able to play games. And even though there was a language barrier, we were able to um, just play games and talk and hear their story. And it was really cool because even though, as I said, the language barrier, there was many laughs and smiles, and we got to just bring joy to them because they don't get too many visitors, and it was very cool to be able to do that. And um, so... For that Friday, we also went uh, and we got to know the youth group better. We got to, they have a youth group there, and we were able to play games with them too as well. And the thing that impacted me the most when we were there is we got to do street patrol, and we got to give out food to uh, the people, kids that are living on the street. And 
our first stop. Uh, that's a picture of us at our first stop. And we were able to give out bread and soup to the kids on the street because they got nothing and they have to steal and they do drugs and other things that we don't have to deal with here. And it's really sad to see them. But at the end, they were uh, so excited to see us and we were able to bring smiles to their faces. And it was just so cool experience, such a cool experience. And I loved it. And that's what impacted me the most is working, working with the kids. So it was very cool. Hi, guys. Privyet. That's how you say hi in Russian, so Privyet. Um, I've been working for Mission Possible as the office manager for about two years, so, and I've never... I hear the stories from Addie, from Evo, and from everyone, what we all do in Mission Possible, and then I get to finally say I got to experience it. Um, it was so emotional for me, like, to know that we have a great team doing amazing things for people over there that can't do anything. Like, we get to give them shelter. We get to give them love. We get to give them food. And now I finally say that I experienced it. And then when the donors call and they want to know more about Mission Possible, I can now tell my story, what I experienced. And it was just amazing. So and I hope you guys can, if you have an opportunity to go on a mission trip, it's, it's just amazing because God does amazing things through you. And... Um, and one of the uh, best things that happened to me is when we were at the farm, we had like a girl bonding time. It was like impromptu, like, and some of the workers got to come and join us, even though we don't understand what they say. So we had Aggie, who was our translator. Um, so we all um, said our testimony and stuff. And then I told my testimony, and then uh, Marina, if you can show a picture, Marina is in the middle with the white and pink sweatshirt. She had the same testimony as me. And as growing up, I thought I was the only one growing th going through this. And then Marina told me her story. It's like, wow, even though I don't know her, she's on the other side of the world, we're going through the same thing. It was amazing to, to connect through that, even though we had no idea who we were and we couldn't speak to each other through the same language. It was just amazing that we can connect and bond through the same story. And God can use us to change and, and also to speak with other people who are going through the same thing. And that was just amazing. And I hope I can go back and, and to experience more through Mission Possible. And I'm, I am so happy that I'm working for Mission Possible. Thanks, Laura. You saw a mass exodus of junior hire and senior hires. I was supposed to let them go to fuel their Sunday school class, and I forgot, and they were getting really bored. So um, if you're in junior high or high school and you want to go, go ahead and go. I apologize. My fault. Say sorry to the teacher for me. Jennifer, share what uh, God did in your life. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'll try. I feel like I could talk for like 30 minutes. Basically, everyone I've come into contact with this week, it's like I can't shut up about it. And I also usually start crying, and I cried last night. So if that happens, I apologize in advance. This was actually my third time going to Russia, um, <clears throat> and every time I've gone, it's been in affiliation with Mission Possible. So I'm personally of the opinion that if you're given the opportunity to go anywhere, travel-wise, on a missions trip, or personally, you just go, and there, you shouldn't say no unless you have like a really big reason to. So when Pastor Daryl brought it to some of us and said, you know, we're going to go to Russia, are you going to go? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then after I said yes and was like, wow, this is a lot of money and I've already been there twice. Do I really need to go? Oh, well, I already said yes. So 
I kind of committed and going there, I was kind of like, well, I don't really know. Like I, I've seen everything that they were gonna see. I've been to all the cities. We had like a jam-packed week while we were there and we went to Moscow and then we took a five-hour train to a town, a small town called Yaroslav, back to Moscow and then we took a flight to Ekaterinburg, which is on the cusp of Siberia. And it's uh, probably like the center of Russia and it's kind of on the border of the continent of Asia and the continent of Europe. So we got to stand on the continental line just to give you an idea of how far into Russia that we were. Um, anyway, so I'd already been to all of those cities and I'd already met all the workers and I'd seen the street kids and I was kind of just like, I'm not really sure what the point of me going back is, but hey, I'll go back. I love traveling. That's cool. Um, and shame on me because God has something. He doesn't repeat old things. He does a new thing every day. So I definitely came back with a different perspective um, and personal experience that I had in the past. The first thing that made an impact on me was just how much God has done through Mission Possible uh, in the six and eight years since I was last in Russia, respectively. So first of all, communism's only been gone from Russia for about 20 years. So eight years ago, it was far more fresh than it is now. So just to see how much they've westernized. Um, and then like six years ago, when we were in the cities, you know, they had started some ministries where they were feeding the street kids and they were really looking for buildings to be able to house the street kids and take the orphans off the street and get them rehabilitated and off drugs and alcohol and restored to their family and have a new life in Christ, et cetera, et cetera. So every city that we visited now has a huge, beautiful building. And I was walking around and feeling like I saw the miracles that God had done in the past six years because it was like six years ago, I know that they were prayers. And now it's like they've come to pass and they're filled with kids that are getting their lives restored and they're getting back in their families or they're getting adopted. They're being loved. They're knowing the love of Christ. So it was cool. I felt like I was walking in the Bible just because we would see miracles right in life, right and left everywhere you go and just the provision of God. Um, and then the city that we went to where we did the street patrol is called Ekaterinburg. I'd been there, like I said, six years ago. And there's a picture of me. Um, this girl is named Albina. And so this is the same stop where the group shot was taken that Luke had shown. And basically what Mission Possible does in all of the cities, but in this city particularly, they go out three times a week to all these different spots in the city. It's a city of about a million people where there's just people that live on the streets. And usually they're addicted to drugs of some kind. Usually it's like cheap drugs, like they huff glue or they drink a lot of vodka and you know, the girls are involved in unspeakable things at a very young age, and there's a lot of pregnancy on the street. Um, I guess AIDS is spreading more rapidly in Russia than it is even in Africa, and it's not really ever talked about. So these are the kinds of kids that they go out and feed, um, and they show the love of Christ to. And this girl, Albina, she came up to Addie and I, thank goodness, because I don't speak Russian, and said to me, you know, I remember you. And I didn't remember, like six years ago, it was kind of hazy, and like I didn't remember which cities I went and did street patrol on. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And um, it turns out that she told Addie she was 16 last time I was there, and she asked how old she is now, and she's 22, and I was there six years ago. And we didn't tell her any of that, and she was only out there for five minutes or so. So clearly, you know, I wasn't sure what the point of us going over sometimes was what you can really accomplish in a week on a short-term missions trip. But it does make an impact on the people um, for her to remember a small interaction with me from six years ago. And at 
like sadly she was high too when we went out and so like for her to remember through that fogginess is really a big deal so that was really cool but then at the same time it's very sad because six years later she's still living on the street so pray for her because there's a lot of kids out there like Albina she's not a kid anymore but she's 22 um, but really she's still a kid you know so just pray for them it breaks my heart um, the biggest thing that impacted me can you flash back to the first picture that Luke showed so Mission Possible, when they take kids off the street, they have somewhere to put them and get them off drugs and get them off alcohol. But their main thing is obviously to introduce them to the transformation power of the gospel. Um, sure, they're kind of like a social program, but really their strength is through the power of the gospel. So a lot of the volunteers that they have are people that used to live on the street, used to be addicted to drugs or alcohol, that got saved through the Mission Possible program, got reformed, and some of them are even like pastors now or active members of their church. And it made such an impact on me to see the depth of how God has changed their lives and how real the gospel was to them. So like the front row, the back row is all kids that we want to feed that are still currently living on the streets, except for Luke, of course. And <laughs> the front row is some of our team, and then the rest of them were Mission Possible volunteers who at one time or another were addicts and homeless and what have you. And now they're volunteering their time three days a week. You know, it can get like, I don't know how cold, negative 30 or more, I'm guessing, in Russia. And these kids live in those conditions. It's real life. We were there and it was like 50 degrees, it's like wonderful weather for them. Um, but it's really serious, and I almost walked away feeling weirdly jealous of the workers. Not really, but just like it impressive to see how much they'd been transformed and set free. And just I wonder how much we kind of dumb down the power of the gospel here in our lives and in America. And we might not struggle with, you know, drug addiction or alcohol addiction or prostitution or anything like that, but we numb ourselves in different ways here in America. Um, and there's power to get set free from that in the gospel. And there's so much more in Christianity that Christ can offer us than what we usually try to access. So I would just encourage you to seek that out personally and pray for these kids because they have lives that you can't even imagine. And the workers there are doing a good work. And I'm sorry I'm taking too long. So thank you. Absolutely not. I appreciate you not crying today, Jennifer, because that did not help me last night. If you give me five minutes, I will preach the shortest sermon ever. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll do my best. Hey, the Bears don't play till tonight, so you're good. But um, give me five minutes to open the word with you, because I think this is important. I'm going to couch my thoughts in the last of our Activate series, eight things that Jesus calls us to do when we follow him. And this is the last one, and the last one is integrity. Jesus calls us to live lives of integrity, and integrity matters. That's knowing what to do, doing it, living in truth, doing what you say, and God calls us to live lives of integrity. It is essential that you walk in integrity if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And yet it's something that is missing from so many of our lives. Because we get so comfortable with inconsistency. We get so comfortable with knowing what we should do and then not doing it or making excuses why it's too hard to do, or picking and choosing. We get so comfortable with that. And God says, if you're going to follow me, follow me all the way. Do what I've asked you to do. I've made it clear in my word. Just follow me. 
It says in James 1.22, one of the most convicting verses in the New Testament, it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just hear, do it. We've heard stories of doing it today, of, of going out and living out the gospel, and it's important, especially in this church, that you walk in integrity, because to be quite honest, we will never check up on you. We started with, what's we, what do we have to do to follow Jesus? We need to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. How am I supposed to check up on that with you? With your worship, am I going to look to see if you're raising your hand and closing your eyes, or if you're reading your Bible, or if you're praying? I mean, honestly, am I going to check up on all those things? I can't check up on all those things. I can't keep attendance for everybody. I can't see if you're serving. I can't know if you're sharing your faith. And even if you were doing all those things, I don't know the heart in which you're doing them. Only God does. God knows your heart. That's why integrity is so important. And when you have integrity, you have everything. You have power. You have a good reputation. You have this idea that I am real, that I am genuine, and we are attractive to this world. Titus 2.10 says, then they, will be te- they will ma- then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. When you live a life of integrity, God can use you. It says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear... After preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul wanted to be a person of integrity. We're called to be the person of integrity, and this is where my story from Russia comes in. My relationship with Mission Possible began over 20 years ago, and I have counted it a privilege to be a part of that organization in a variety of different roles, most recently as a board member. I have uh, been charged with some duties inside of our organization to speak for the organization, whether it be on radio or TV or in print, and I've told the story of Mission Possible in many different formats. And I've never lied as I've talked. I've, I've told all the stories I've heard in board meetings or read in the newsletter. I told all the work that was be- being done, but I always felt uneasy about it because I had never put my boots on the ground. Sure, I've helped train pastors or plant churches, but I had never been there myself. And now I went, and I walked, and I saw, and I served with my own hands. And it's so much bigger and better than I ever imagined. And I write about this in the Bible blog, so if you want more, you can read about it in there. But now, when I speak for Mission Possible, I speak with integrity. Not that I ever lied before. I didn't lie. It's just now I know. Now I know in my heart. Now I can speak from my experience. The problem is a lot of us in in life, we know about God. Maybe even we talk about God. But we've never experienced him. We're not lying about him. It's just that we haven't known him. It's not like really real to us. I want to encourage you to have that experience with God and do it every day. Walk in that integrity of, of I, have, I have touched the hem of his garment. I've sat at his feet. In the, in the worship, I, I, I came to the altar, I, I knelt, or I, 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 I felt God. He's healed me. He's worked in me. He's transformed my life. And so when you speak about him and you know him, you'll, know, you'll do it with integrity. God wants you to know him. He wants it to be real, and he wants it to be personal. 
But it's not just personal. Integrity isn't just personal. It affects everybody around you. My picture and story comes from the life of Gadim. I mean, sorry, Gennady. Gadim is from St. Petersburg. Gennady is actually from, uh, uh, he's, he's in the Moscow area, also runs the farm. And Gennady, on, on one evening, uh, we sat around a kitchen table, and he told us the story of how he came to Christ. Gennady was part of the crime syndicate in Russia and was very wealthy, uh, doing business with them, and ended up uh, in, in a kind of a tailspin in life. Had more money than he knew what to do with, drinking himself basically to death. He had so much money, he could fly to any city in the world and have dinner and fly back home. That's, that's the life he was living. But he was so empty inside. His brother got radically saved, and his family said, you've got to come and talk to your brother. He's out of his mind. So Gennady got, got, got dressed up. He went to talk to his brother, and he dressed, wore his nicest suit, drove the nicest car. He said, I'm going I'm to talk some sense into this kid. And his dad said, you can't go now. You're drunk. Out of your mind. He said, don't worry. If the police stop me, I'll pay him off like I always do. They'll give me a police escort to his house. Shows up at the house ready to speak, the, the, you know, just kind of set his brother straight. And his brother had been so radically transformed by God that Gennady just sat there and listened. And his brother said, you've got to come to me with church, to church on Sunday. You've got to come with me to church. And Gennady says, no, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm too important. I'm too busy. I, I, can't, I can't do this. And he said, no, you've got to. Just promise me you'll come. And, and Gennady said, okay, I'm, I'm really busy, but I don't think I can come. But if, if I can come, I'll come. And in his heart, he knew he was going to go. He said it was five or six days till the next time they went to church. And he said every day he couldn't wait for the next day because he knew that would be closer to the moment that he got to church. He came to the service, and when the altar invitation was given, he, he had trouble standing up because he just like, I can't do this. I just can't, I can't do this. And, and yet he wanted to do it so bad. And so he finally made his way, and he stood up. He's like, no, i got to sit back down. And when he sat back down, there was somebody already in his seat. <laughs> He's like, i got to go forward now. He went. His life was radically transformed. Delivered from alcohol. How many of you know that you don't just leave the Russian mob? They sent people to kill him, and everybody that was on their way to kill him died on the way. Okay? The power of God. He's telling the story. It took about an hour and a half to tell the story. I just told it in, in like a minute there. I mean, we were mesmerized by the power of God in his life. And I just remember saying, thank you, God, for saving Gennady. I mean, what, what a powerful story. You transformed lives. You, might, you just loved him so much, and you brought him right to the altar. And the Lord spoke to me that night as I was laying in bed. He said, I didn't just save Gennady for Gennady. I saved him because through him, I'm saving thousands of others. The street patrol in Moscow, the shelter home in Moscow, the, the rehabilitation farm, all led by Gennady. God said, I saved him to save others. He said, I saved you to do the same. And God saved you to do the same. Your life is not just about you. Does God love you? Yes. Does he bless you? Yes. Does he give you his favor? Yes. But it's not just for you. It's for everybody around you. It says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. When you walk with integrity, everybody that comes behind you is blessed. Sometimes we say, I don't know if I want to pray for salvation or blessing or favor. I feel so selfish praying those prayers. Don't, because when God does it to you, he's doing it to everybody around you. 
God has saved you for a purpose. He has saved you for a reason. He has called you not to just live for you, but to live for others. He's calling you right now, not just to walk out these doors and go to McDonald's, but to walk into the gym and hear how you can be involved in prison ministry. Or to say the next time something like this comes up with the kid's pantry, I'm all in and I will serve. He's called you to bless your families. He's called you to to bless your schools and where you go to work and everybody around you. You are not just saved for you. You're saved for everybody else. And the only way you'll have power in your life is when you walk with integrity. So walk in the truth of what you know. The boldness of God's word should be inside of your heart, not how you feel, but what God says in his word, and follow that. Live that out. We were traveling, and and Leslie and I checked into uh, a hotel room, and my favorite thing to do when we get to the hotel room is turn on ESPN, because I don't have ESPN at home. And so it's a treat. And so we went out there, I turned on ESPN, And what is on but the World Series of Poker? (laughs) I I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. But I watched, because it's ESPN. And I'm I'm mesmerized. And Leslie even, I remember saying, you don't even like playing cards. Why are you watching this? And I was mesmerized, because it's down to the last two guys in the World Series. Big piles of chips in front of them. I don't know what that is. I don't know, that's a lot of money. A lot of stuff there. And then all of a sudden, in the high moment of the drama, the guy just, he looks at his cards, put them face down, and he pushes everything to the center. And the crowd gasps. And then they start to cheer. The the announcers go, oh my goodness, he just went all in. The guy stands to his feet, starts walking around like, what did I do? What am I doing? You know, and, and I mean, this is the high drama right here. It's all coming down. This is what God's telling you when it comes to integrity, when it comes to following him and our last message in this whole series is you got to go all in. You have got to go all in with God. And you've got to just say, God, as we sang today, all for you, I'm all in. I'm going to walk in integrity. You may say, Daryl, I have not been dealt the right cards to go all in. You know, I see you up here, you're talking about how your dad took you on a missions trip and how you took your kid on a missions trip. I don't have that, I don't have that rosy uh, picture. And what's a, what's a good hand in, in, in poker? What's the best hand you could have? A royal flush. So I don't have a royal flush. I, I can't, I'm not pushing, I don't have that. Listen to me. This is very important. God dealt you a hand, and in that hand, you have everything you need. You have the winning hand. And God says, all I'm asking you to do is go all in. God's calling us to live lives of integrity as we follow him. That's the only command that Jesus gave us. You know that Jesus never said, hey, worship me. You know what he said? He said, follow me. Follow me. Do what I ask you to do. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Sorry, I went a little long. I just want to pray with you. And um, I'm going to stop talking. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak now. But God is calling us to live lives of integrity. God's calling us to not pick and choose, 
not be comfortable with the inconsistencies or make excuses. He's just saying, go all in. And not only will it be real to you, it's going to impact others. So just in a quiet moment of worship, before we walk out these doors, please do not move. Just a couple more minutes with God. Holy Spirit, speak to our lives. Holy Spirit, come. We want to go all in. so many lives. But Lord, I pray that same power would be at work today, transforming our life. Taking us from where we were to the people that you called us to be. Lord, we realize that walking integrity is not easy. It costs us something. But Holy Spirit, we know that we are not alone in this journey. That you give power and strength help that we need. God, I pray that we would be disciples, followers that produce fruit because we walk in integrity. And uh, God, I just thank you for speaking so gently through your word this morning. God, we respond by going all in with you. We love you today, Lord. May your word find good ground in our heart. And uh, God, again, May we leave changed and more like you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
our final moment before we go. Um, we've been talking about this for a, a couple weeks, and so this month and next month, we are going to take an offering up for uh, missions and uh, a trip like this to Russia. Everybody that went raised their own money, and uh, so obviously they, they worked really hard at that, and some of you gave toward people going. But there's obviously added expenses uh, that go. We tried to leave an offering everywhere we were. The work that's being done is, is amazing. And Pastor Merrill is about to leave for India. He's actually in Iowa studying, getting ready to go to uh, India. And, um, and so we're going to help him with his trip and, and uh, reaching, preaching to thousands of people there. This offering entirely goes towards missions and uh, specifically uh, toward Russia and India this time, although we have missionaries literally around the world. But uh, again, uh, no compulsion to give. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and says, just give toward it, I appreciate you uh, giving toward that and meeting that need um, because the need is, is great. So thank you for doing that uh, today. And uh, I'll give you a moment to, uh, to get that ready. And as you do, um, just inside your bulletin, there's so many great things coming up. Bible studies that are starting. Uh, Sunday school class. Obviously, Harvest America is next uh, next weekend, men's seminars next weekend. But tomorrow night is our movie night with the Bible. We've been showing the Bible uh, two installments once a month. And uh, so uh, tomorrow is going to be a great night here. Uh, bring the family. We have popcorn and we watch the Bible movie. It's awesome. It's great. But a great first night. Love for you to come out tomorrow night. Um, it isn't necessarily kid friendly. Uh, so you have to be careful uh, with that. But kids can come because they watch uh, a Bible movie that's a little tamer. It's a cartoon. And so kids can come. But uh, definitely uh, adults, probably junior high and up, it's, it's appropriate uh, for. But uh, it's, it's going to be a good movie night tomorrow night. Men and women, come forward once again. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give towards your work around the world. Thank you for the good report. And uh, God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of it this morning. Amen. So you can give to the Lord. And um, Leanne, do you want to just make a quick mention for choir as well? Sure. I am, I am so thrilled. I mean, there, we've experienced so many opportunities to see the message of Jesus spread throughout the world and here in our own community this weekend. And Christmas time is a great time to do that. And so um, musically, we are um, going to produce a Broadway musical. And we've already started, and I'm so excited about it. Um, it's called Four Tickets to Christmas. It's set in 1905, Victorian style, the big hats, the big everything. It's just going to be a blast. Um, so choir tonight, 6 o'clock, every Sunday at 6 o'clock, uh, except for next Sunday. We have Harvest America. But outside of that, um, tonight at 6 o'clock, upstairs, second floor room, 208. Come join the choir and join the fun. Awesome. Another great way to invite people out. Uh, Jared Anderson is coming. I don't know if you know him as a worship leader, but he wrote the, the worship songs Rescue, The Great I Am, so many others, part of the Desperation Band. He's going to be here leading worship next month. It's going to be awesome. Just nights, uh, night of worship on Saturday night, day of worship on Sunday morning. It's going to be great. Invite people out to that. It's going to be awesome. We're going to receive the blessing of the Lord, but I do it today with a heavy heart because this will be the last Sunday that the Ericsons are with us in church. The Ericsons have um, one the prize for the longest drive to church for quite some time. I'm going to invite Mary Lou and Laura to come up. Uh, Kurt is already uh, gone. They're moving to Missouri. And, um, and uh, how far do you drive each Sunday to come to church? 
hour 15. You must speed because that's yes. really, yeah, yeah. So what, what, uh oh, uh oh. What, what, what town actually do you live in? DeKalb. DeKalb. Drives from DeKalb every Sunday. I don't want to hear any excuse that you might have <laughs> for not coming to church. And when they first told me about, about moving, I said, well, that's going to be even a longer drive to church then, isn't it? But, um, but at some point, you have to, have to let them go. So they're on an adventure. So as I pray the prayer of blessing, I'm going to pray it over them, but I'm going to pray it over you as well. Would you stand? And um, Yes, it is. it is. All right. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you, be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Lord, we thank you for the Ericsons and the years that you have had them a part of our family. And God, we know that it's not ending now, but God, they're on a new adventure. We will always be family. We'll be family forever, God. And I just thank you for that. Pray a blessing upon them, on Laura. Lord, we pray a blessing upon Kurt, who's already gone. And Lord, we believe, Lord, that you're going to bless them as they go. Give them the peace and the favor. And God, it's not just for them. They're going to bless everybody around them. They're going to be such a blessing to a new church family. And God, we just pray that you would just spread your love through them. God, we believe that's a part of all of our lives. God, that you bless us, you protect us, you, you give us your favor, your peace, your grace, Lord. Not just to hold on, but to share with this world. So God, we're going to do that right now as we walk out these doors. And uh, God, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As you go... Make sure, well, make sure you say hi to the Ericsons or bye, bye to the Ericsons. But would you uh, sign up for the men's uh, retreat? Uh, buy a baked good that goes toward the, uh, the kids' pantry and go to the prison ministry lunch to learn more about it. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night for prayer. And uh, we love you. God bless you.